A few weeks ago, well, I went to uh, Trinity Fellowship and heard Chuck Pierce. Chuck Pierce is a prophet. If you were here two or three weeks ago, the Bible says that God gave gifts to the church. And those gifts are apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. Now, I'm a God-called pastor, and I'm a teacher, and I'm a gift to the church. I'm a gift to the body of Christ. A prophet is a gift to the church and a gift to the body of Christ. I'm not a prophet, but Chuck Pierce is. And we hear him every year at Trinity. So tonight I'm going to show you some things that he said <clears throat> that are going to strengthen you and are going to encourage you. Let me tell you a couple of things about prophecy. Listen, prophecy is not weird. You know what prophecy means? It means that you and I have a future. Okay, you and I have a future. I have a future. Okay, I'm going to heaven. And I'm going to be in heaven until Jesus comes back and sets up his kingdom on the earth. And I'm going to get a glorified, resurrected body. Listen, this life is not all there is. Thank God. Amen? And this life can be good. I have a, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that. I mean, this life can be tremendously good, and this life can be tremendously ugly, and I, and I know that. But you and I have a future. And so what does that mean? That means we're a people of prophecy. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, God said, I know the thoughts and plans I have for you and that they're good and that you have a hope and you have a future. All right, we're a prophetic people. Did you know that one-fourth of every verse in the Bible deals with and speaks about prophecy? A fourth of the Bible. Okay, imagine a fourth of the Bible, God is talking about the future and things that are to come. Did you know that there are 300 promises in the Old and New Testament that dealt with two things? The coming of the Lord Jesus already, his birth, and the return of the Lord Jesus, his second coming. There are 300 promises in the Bible, 300 prophecies in the Bible about that. Now, just let me remind you. You remember Jesus was born 2,000 years ago. Okay, 2,000 years later, you and I are born. Here we are. We're different ages, but we're born in between the first coming and the second coming. Now, at Christmas time, we call that Advent. And what it means is to wait. You see, we're waiting on the second coming. Okay, what did God say? God promised his son would come, and he did. Amen? He's promised to come again, and he hasn't, but he will. <clears throat> and you and I live in between those two comings. We have a prophetic future. Now, let me tell you something about end times. And I just want to, I'm not talking about in times tonight, but I want to tell you something. Anytime you listen to anybody online or you might come across a teaching and somebody's preaching about in times or they're talking about the tribulation or those kinds of things, listen, Bible prophecy always gives hope. It always gives hope. Listen, if somebody's talking about in times and it gives you hope, it's biblical. Listen, Jesus is coming and God promised he would take care of us. Okay, true Bible prophecy, true end-time teaching that's biblical, okay, gives hope and gives encouragement. Listen, don't listen to doomsdayers. Don't listen to them, okay? And I know, you're just like me. I got online the other day, and I was listening to somebody for a few minutes, and if I told you their name, you'd know who they are. They're not a pastor or a minister, but many of you would know who this person was, and you know what they were saying? You better get some extra canned goods. You better get you a couple of bags of rice, you know, you better save up some stuff because bad times are coming. Okay, that is not biblical. 
Jesus said in the last days, it'd be in the days of Noah. Now, what does that mean? He said, on the day the flood came, somebody got married, somebody had a baby, somebody started a business, somebody got divorced, somebody got married. Okay, when Jesus comes, somebody will have a baby that day. Somebody will have a wedding that day. There'll be a funeral that it'll be life as normal. So don't listen to doomsday preachers. Don't let people discourage you or give you despair that, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, I don't know what's going to happen to us. Listen, I know what's going to happen to us. God's going to take care of us. Amen? Listen, prophecy is of God. There's an old Bible teacher that Vicky and I had many years ago. He was a prophetic teacher about end times. His name was Hilton Sutton. And when he talked about the tribulation, now what's the tribulation? You may know what it is, but the tribulation is the Bible teaches Jesus will come back for the church. The tribulation will be seven years. Jesus will come back for the battle of Armageddon and the millennial reign of Christ will begin. He called the tribulation God's master performance. I love that. I never forgot it. Now, I heard this teaching in the 70s, back when I was young and good looking. Who's laughing? Yeah, and I had hair. Amen. I was young and good looking and had hair. That's how long ago it was. All right. So I want you to be encouraged tonight as we look at some truths that Chuck Pierce said. Here's the very first thing he said. He said, see things the way God sees them. Listen to it again. See things the way God sees them. Okay, pastor, how do I do that? Let me tell you how you do it. You do it by looking at the word of God. last week we watched a video by Pastor Jimmy Evans and he talked about money and he talked about how there's a Babylon world system of money and there's a God system of money. And he said this, he said, the earth is not bad. Okay, the Bible says in Genesis that God created the heavens and the earth and it was good. Now the earth is under the curse of sin, but even under the curse of sin, it can be beautiful and wonderful. He's not talking about the earth. What he's talking about is this system that mankind has created, and it's a godless system. It's a system in rebellion against God, okay? And that's what he's talking about. So how do I see things the way God sees them? You have to go to the Word of God. You have to go to the Word of God. Now, I heard somebody say this one time. When you watch the news, they're selling a product and you're buying. That shook me up. When you watch the news, they're selling a product, aren't they? They're selling a point of view and you're buying. So, and I'm not saying don't watch the news, but what I am saying is you need to spend time in the Word of God. Now, let let me flesh this out for you and show you a couple of simple things. Okay, the first thing he said was, see things the way God does. So how do I do that? You find a promise. Let me show you how to do it. Let's say you're having trouble financially. Let's say your check's just not going far enough, or you need a raise and you haven't had one, or let's say you lose your job and you have to look for a new one. But for whatever reason, you're having financial trouble. Okay, and I'm asking you tonight to see things through God's eyes. How do you do that? You find a promise. Let me give it to you. Philippians 4.19. Hey, your boss calls you and says, we're having to cut back, and I'm going to have to let you go, or I'm going to have to cut back your hours, and you go home and think, what in the world are we going to do? Here's what God says. Philippians 4.19, and my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. So what do I do? 
I make a decision to look at the promise instead of my circumstances. I make a decision to trust God. Even though things may look bad, even though we may not know what we're going to do, God, you promised in Philippians 4.19 that you'd supply my needs according to your bank account. That's what it says, according to his riches. So God's saying, hey, you've got a bank account, but I have a bigger bank account, and I'll take care of you. Let me give you another example. Let's say you go to the doctor and, you know, you're running to having tests run and, and, you know, the doctor wants to check you out and he calls and says, hey, you know, we found a bump, we found a lump, we found a spot and you need to come in for more tests and your heart sinks. You know, back 10 years ago, I had detached retina in both eyes and I had multiple eye surgeries and one time I'd had eye surgery and Miss Vicky and I went for a checkup and he looked in my eye and he said, hey, you have scar tissue and you're going to need to have surgery again. And our hearts just sank. Now, we, had, we were in Lubbock. And, you know, when you go to Lubbock, you always have a favorite restaurant you want to go to. And, you know, you, know, you want to go eat. And, and, man, you know, we're old enough that we go to the grocery store for entertainment. You know, y'all aren't old enough to do that, right? But, you know, they built a new HEB, and Vicky and I were there the other day. And, man, we spent an hour and a half in HEB, man, just walking around, looking around like a bunch of tourists, you know? I mean, we are so old that that entertains us. <clears throat> so, you know, you, you, when you go to Lubbock, you think, man, where are we going to go eat? Well, we were so despondent. We were so discouraged. Our hearts were so sunk that we got in the car in silence, and she drove us home, and we didn't say a word all the way home. Because we were so discouraged. Because I was going to have to have another eye surgery. Listen to me. Look at things the way God does. Listen to what this says. Here's a verse. Psalms 107.20. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Oh, I love this verse. I love this promise. Listen to it again. It says, God sent his word. Now, what does that mean? Every time you read your Bible, you're reading God's word. You're looking at things through God's eyes. You're taking God's view of things. And he said he sent his word. And what did his word do? It healed you. Listen, every time you read the Bible, the Bible says you're taking God's medicine. Okay, now you know anybody in here knows when you go to the doctor and, you know, maybe you need to get on an antibiotic or they give you some different things and, you know, and you go home, you get your prescription and you take two a day for five days or 10 days and, and if you're smart, you take your medicine and you finish it and, and you get better. Listen, every time you read your Bible, you're taking God's medicine and you ought to take it every day. You know, Vicki the other day said, you know, I'm not on vitamins. And she said, you know, I'm thinking, honey, that you ought to get on vitamins. And I said, well, do you think I need more energy? And she said, God, no. <laughs> well, then why give me a vitamin, right? I mean, it's just going to make it worse, right? So she said, do you want vitamins? And I said, well, yeah. She said, what kind would you want? I said, Flintstones. <laughs> do they even make those anymore, Flintstone vitamins? Yeah. So, you know, I mean, it made me the way I am today, right? I mean, so no, I'm kidding you, but she, but she did say that. Listen to what it says. When you take God's word, you take God's medicine. And then the last sentence says, and he delivers you from your destruction. Now, listen to me. Do not miss this. If you don't hear another thing I say tonight, your future does not have destruction in it. 
God's plan for you is not judgment, not destruction, but grace and blessing. So when I go to the doctor and he says, you have a bump, the way I look at it through God's eyes is, God, you promised healing. Now, listen, I had eye surgery. I had that spot removed, that uh, that scar tissue, and, and they did what they needed to do. We trusted God, and thank God that was 10 years ago. And I can read, and I can drive, and I can see my grandkids. And every time I go to the eye doctor for a checkup, I say, thank you. Thank you for saving my eyesight. And he always says, man, you're so positive. He said, I love seeing you. He said, you always encourage me. And I said, no, I'm serious. I thank God for you. I thank God for your skill and your training and how God used you to save my eyesight. What did Chuck Pierce say? He said, see things the way God sees them. How do you do that? You choose to find a promise. Now, listen, whatever you need. And I've said this before, but I just want to make sure you get it. Get out your iPad, get out your phone, get out your, your computer and put in there uh, healing promises in the Bible, financial promises in the Bible, peace in the Bible, hope in the Bible, and 50 verses will come up. A 100 verses will come up. There'll be so many you can't read them all. Find you a promise and look at your life through the lenses of God's Word and see His promises come to pass in your life. Let me give you the second thing. He said, man, that's good stuff, isn't it? Here's the second one. You're going to like this. And this one's so simple. Keep walking with God. Keep walking with God. Those who walk with God always reach their destination. Keep walking with God. Listen to me. Doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, keep walking with God. Listen, I'm going to keep walking with God the rest of my life. Eric, you keep walking with God the rest of your life. We're not giving in. We're not giving up. We're not taking off and doing something else. Keep walking with God. Let me read you a promise. This is Micah 6.8, New King James. Listen to what it says. He has shown you, O man, what is good. Now, what does the Lord require of you? Man, I have people ask me all the time, hey, what do you think God's will for my life is? You know, I just want God's will. Well, I'm going to read to you God's will right here. Okay, listen to what it says. And what the Lord requires of you. Hey, God wants you to do something. Listen to what he wants you to do. He wants you to do justly. Do justly. Do the right thing. To love mercy. Are you merciful? Are you merciful? How do you treat those who can do nothing for you? Those who can't help you. Listen, we can all be kind to our boss. We can all be kind to those who help us in life. But how do you treat those who can't do anything for you? God says to love mercy. And then the last thing he says is to walk humbly with your God. Kurt's been talking about being humble and hungry in ground zero. <clears throat> Every week in Power Kids, we call up two grades of kids. Last night was second and third grade. Wasn't it second and third grade? And we lay hands on them. The leaders, we line them up, and we corral them and get them under control. And then I invite the adult leaders to come up and some of the older kids, and they lay hands on them, and we pray over them. And we do it every single week, and we do two grades. We do kindergarten, first grade, second, third, and fourth, and fifth. And they get hands laid on them, and we pray over them. And here's what I always pray. <clears throat> God, if I could have one thing, I want this. I want them to be hungry for you. All the days of their life. God, they have an appetite, a hunger, and a thirst for God. 
that Noah is hungry for God his whole life, and he can't outrun it. He can't get away from it. It doesn't matter how much money he makes. It doesn't matter what he has or what he owns, that there's this gnawing hunger in his soul for God, and he has to go to church. He has to read his Bible. I heard a preacher say one time he was arguing with God, and he told God, leave me alone. And he said, God said, as soon as your mother does, I will. Isn't that good? You want to be one of those mothers, amen? You want to be one of those fathers. So I pray that over the kids. All right, listen to what it says. What does God want you to do? To walk with him humbly. Chuck Pierce said, continue to walk with God. Let me give you another verse, Galatians 6, 9. It says, don't grow weary in well-doing. Don't grow weary while doing good. For in due season, you'll reap if you do not lose heart. Listen to me. Don't get weary in following God. Don't get weary in coming to church. Don't get weary in reading your Bible. Don't get weary in praying. Because it says if you don't stop doing it, you're going to reap a harvest. You're going to be rewarded. I talked about that a few weeks ago, and I'm working on a series right now. And I'm going to take some time coming up, and I'm going to talk to you about how when you decide to follow Jesus Christ, God promised to reward you. And we're going to talk about those rewards. There's four crowns that we talked about a few weeks ago, but I'm going to take four weeks and talk about how God promised that he would reward you if you follow him. Listen, don't get weary. Don't give up. Don't get discouraged. Don't get down. Because if you get down, just get up and keep following him. Don't give up on God. Listen, don't give up on God. Keep walking with God. Here's the next thing he said. And this is so good. These are all good. I'm preaching myself happy. He said, God's word won't be bound. God's word won't be bound. Listen to Jeremiah 1.12. The Lord said to me, you have seen well, for I'm ready to perform my word. Another translation said, God hastens. Okay, if I told you to go to the store with haste, what would that mean? That means go in a hurry. Okay, the Bible says God hastens to perform his word. Now, what does that mean? Okay, you go to the doctor and you've got a spot. So you go to the word and you find a promise. And you begin to read that promise and you say it out loud and you pray and you cry out to God and you hold up your promise and say, God, you said, God, you said you'd heal me. God, you said I wouldn't see destruction. Then God says, I will hasten to perform that word. Okay, God's word will not be bound. No devil can stop it. No nation can stop it. No political party can stop it. Nobody can stop God's word in your life. Nobody. Don't give up on God and realize that God's word won't be bound. Let me give you another promise. This is Romans 4.21. I love this. Now, this is talking about Abraham. Remember Abraham and Sarah were old, they're in their 90s, and God said, hey, y'all are going to have a baby? And Sarah said, you crazy fool. We're not having no baby. He said, yes, you are. And he gave them an impossible promise. Okay, listen to what this says about that promise. It says, and Abraham was fully convinced. The King James says, fully persuaded that what God promised, he was able also to perform. Did you hear that? Listen, when you find a promise in God's word, God is able to perform it. You know what Abraham said? It says he was fully convinced. He was fully persuaded. 
fully convinced, fully persuaded that what God said he would do, he would do. Listen, whatever promise you need in your life, God said he would perform it. He said he would do it. God's word will not be bound. It doesn't matter how big your mountain is, how deep your hole is, how far away from God your kids are, how far away from God your family is. God's word won't be bound. You can take God at his word. You can trust his word. You can stand on his word. You can bank on his word. He will perform it. Listen, you're saved tonight because God's performed his word. You're in church tonight because God's performed his word. Amen? Half of you shouldn't even be in here. It's true. Amen? Half of you shouldn't even be in here. You should be out there doing your own thing and living the way you've always lived. But you ran smack dab into God. And he performed his word, and you're changed. I'm changed. It's a miracle I'm here. I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm a good godly guy now, but I was a rascal. And we won't go into that. Amen? We won't go into that. Listen, God's word will not be bound. Let me give you one more thing he said. He said, God wants to fulfill your hopes and your dreams. God wants to fulfill your hopes and your dreams. Do you have any hopes? Do you have any dreams? <clears throat> Amen. You're shaking your head. Amen. We've all got hopes and dreams. Now, what have we done with those hopes and dreams? Well, some of them we let die. Let's just be honest, right? Some of them we just put up because we, we quit and we gave up, right? I mean, everybody in here has had hopes and dreams. God says, I will fulfill your hopes, and your dreams. Can I encourage you to do something? If you've got dreams and you've put them up, why don't you get them out and dust them off and dare to believe again? Why don't you get them out fresh and new and tell God in prayer tomorrow, hey, God, you know, I wanted this to happen and it never did, and I put it up, but God, I'm gonna get it out. <clears throat> God, I want you to do what you said you would do. Hey, God, I don't want to be discouraged anymore. Hey, God, I want you to work in my life. Listen to this verse, Philippians 1, 6. Being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Let me read it again. Being confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will complete it until the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, God wants to fulfill your hopes and your dreams. And you'll perform it until the day of Christ. Listen, as long as you're upright, God's not done with you. Amen? Yeah, as long as you're upright. Okay, when you're not upright anymore, then he'll be done and you'll be in heaven with him and it'll be all good. Did you know that the Bible says faith, hope, and love, and the greatest is love? Have you ever wondered why love is the greatest? Well, I want to tell you why. Because when you get to heaven, you won't need faith and you won't need hope. See, I have faith in Jesus Christ, but when I'm there, I'm going to see him face to face. I won't need faith anymore. He'll be there. I won't need hope anymore. He'll be there. But I'm always going to need love. And God called his kingdom the kingdom of the son of his love. Listen, God's kingdom is a kingdom of love. His son is the savior of love. God wants to fulfill your hopes and dreams. You be confident that he's working in you. What are we saying tonight? Even when I don't see it, you're moving. Amen? Even when I don't feel it, you're moving. Man, bite on to that. And I know some of you, you've had hard times. Some of you are having hard times. But I want to encourage you tonight. Okay? Now, I'm out of time. 
but let me just give them to you real quickly. I'm not going to preach the whole thing. Number one, see things the way God does. Number two, keep walking with God. Number three, God's word won't be bound. And number four, God wants to fulfill your hopes and your dreams. Won't you stand up and let me pray for you? <clears throat> Y'all were so good tonight. Thanks for letting me preach. If I didn't preach, I'd explode. So thank you for keeping me from exploding. Father God, I love you tonight. I'm thankful for the prophetic promises that Chuck Pierce talked about. And Father, I want to declare your grace over us. Father, as we leave your house tonight, we are encouraged. There's a spring in our step. There's hope in our hearts. There's peace in our minds. That God, no matter what we're facing, you're taking care of us. Father, that we would rest in that tonight in Jesus' name. Everybody said Amen. I love you. Go and be blessed.